to go, preparing for promotion, part six. Today I want to talk to you about respect authority. Respect authority. Everywhere we go, we are asked to submit to some type of authority in our life. There's not a country that you can go to that will not have political leaders who you have to submit yourself to while you are living in that country, whether you like them or not. Every choir has a choir director. Every band has a band leader. Pastors have bishops and boards. Ball teams have coaches. Uh, Coaches have referees they have to submit to. The coach can make... Ten times as much money as the referee. The coach can be ten times as popular and as valued, but that coach still has to submit himself to that referee. Uh, Children have parents. Parents have bosses. Bosses have supervisors. Supervisors have CEOs. CEOs have to submit to the IRS. The IRS may have PMS, but it does not matter. Every one of us, no matter where we're at, we have some type of authority that we are called to respect and honor. Whether we like that person or not, whether they are good to us or not, that position that God allowed them to be in requires that you and I respect and honor them for that. Even when you go to Coastal Grand Mall, there's a security guard there. Uh, They make sure no one runs and falls or no one steals anything. It doesn't matter how many great things you've accomplished in your lifetime. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. It does not matter what your title is outside of that mall. When you go to that mall, you must submit yourself to the security guard who makes sure no one steals anything and makes sure nobody's running. That is our part as believers. Here's what I'm trying to teach you today. Our promotion greatly depends on how well we honor the human authority that is in our life. You say, well, John Paul, I don't agree with my authority. It doesn't matter. John Paul, I don't really like my authority. I don't care. John Paul, I know more than my authority does. We all think that. I'm a Christian and they're a Hindu. Does not matter at all. I'm black, they're white. I'm white, they're black. I'm from Aner, they're from Myrtle Beach. None of that stuff matters at all. I got millions in the dollars in the bank. They're poor, I don't care. If they are your authority, nothing else matters than the fact that God has allowed them to be over you. I don't care if you know more than them, you may know more than them. I don't care if you have more experience than them. You may have more experience than them. I don't care if you're older and they're younger or you're younger and they're older. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is who is the authority in the situation. So interesting, we want our kids to submit to their teachers. We want our kids to submit to their elders. We want our kids to submit to their coaches and not argue or fight or fuss. And then we go home and we badmouth the political leaders that are in our country. We gossip about our boss. We talk about how bad he or she is treating us. We want a new job. We want to quit. All these other things. And here we're asking our kids to do the very thing that we are not doing. Now, I have really good news for you, and that is this. If you don't like the political leaders in this country, you have a few biblical options you can apply. One option is not to gossip. One option is not to speak negatively of, to be critical of, to be judgmental or rude or disrespectful towards. You can disagree with somebody without speaking negative things about them or about their character. But here's what you can do. You can move to a different country. But if you go to that country, if you have problems with political leaders here, I guarantee you, you're going to have a problem with political leaders in the next country that you go to. Because most likely when we are critical, negative, or judgmental, or speaking bad about people, it's something in our hearts, not anybody else. 
Now, if you don't like the job that you work at right now, guess what you can do? You can quit and go find another job. But you cannot speak bad about that boss. You cannot disrespect him or her. You can't say, well, I'm going to submit. But man, I can't stand. That's not submitting. Any of us in this room can submit and show respect to somebody who we agree with. Anybody can do that. That's not passing the test. Passing the test is when you honor that authority figure even when you don't agree with them. Even when they are completely opposite of what you think they should be doing. Romans 13.1 says, Obey those who have authority over you, for no authority can exist without God's permission. Whether you agree or not is not the point. Who's right or wrong is still not the point at all. You may be right 100% of the time, but the question is, who is the authority that God allowed to exist over you during this season of your life? If you don't like the authority figures at the church you attend, you can go to a different church, but you cannot badmouth or speak negatively of the authority that God's put there. Here's the key, though. If you keep on running, you'll never get promoted. A lot of people, because of their pride, and I see it starting young. If you don't really deal with this at a young age, it gets harder and harder the older you get. But because of pride, we always think when we have a better idea, we don't have to submit. When we have a better way, we don't have to submit. Whenever there's something that we are more passionate about than our boss or than our authority figure, we don't have to submit. But that is not the case at all. God allowed David to be under somebody who was treating him very, very poorly, who was very, very evil, who did wrong things against him. But David knew, God, this is where you have me now. Because here's the thing. One day you're going to be in a position of authority, and you're not going to make all the right choices. And there's going to be people underneath you that think they know more than you or have more experience or whatever. How do you want them to treat you when you're the authority? When we disrespect the authority that God has put in our lives, we're actually disrespecting God Himself. I don't care how they treat you. I don't care what they say. If they sign your paycheck, you do whatever they ask you. If they ask you to stand on your head all day long, you try your best to stand on your head all day long. And if you don't like it, find a different job. God allowed these authorities. Now, here's what I want to tell you about. Imagine being part of the Army or the Navy or the Marines, okay? And you got your commanding officer comes up and asks you to do something. Just think about you looking at him or her and saying, you know what? I think I have a better way. I think there's something else I'd like to do. You wouldn't last 10 minutes. Okay, how much more respectful and how much more honor should we show as Christians in the army of the Lord? I mean, if you could see in the spirit realm, just for a few minutes, the spiritual hierarchy that God has created, not just among human beings with gifts and so forth and, and positions, but even in the angelic realm. Imagine when you, and you know, there's angels in the Bible that are in charge of other angels. Imagine if you could see in the spirit realm this huge warring angel. I mean, carrying uh, swords and shields. In fact, the angels were so fierce that every time one of God's angels appeared to somebody, the first thing they said was, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why would somebody be afraid if it was an angel on their side? Because they're so warring, because they're so huge and strong. And imagine seeing this huge being flying at the very beck and call of God Almighty. Imagine this being um, 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 acting as though they are, their very existence is whether or not God chooses to snap his fingers. 
Imagine if you could see in the spirit realm how just, just the very move of God's pinky could turn the earth off of its axis and we could blow up and burn into the sun. Imagine seeing that type of hierarchy and, someone, and the angels just, just honoring God. Okay, how much more should we do this in our human authority? Uh, when it comes to uh, the fivefold ministry gift, prophetic, evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles, how much more should we respect prayer partners, worship leaders, ushers, people that God has put in authority in our life in a spiritual way? Um, in 1 Samuel 26, David's being treated very, very bad by Saul. I mean, every, everything that could go wrong is going wrong in David's life. And yet, every time David refers to Saul, here's what he says, that's the Lord's anointed. That's the Lord's anointed. Every time he talked about Saul. Now, I dare you, I dare you to treat your authority. Because listen, none of y'all in this room, none of y'all have an authority worse than King Saul. None of you. None of you have somebody in here or in your life that's trying to kill you. At least I hope not. Now, if you're really prideful, right now you're thinking these thoughts. If you're really prideful, you're thinking, well, what if my authority asked me to smoke pot? Or what if my authority asked me to kill somebody? Am I supposed to do what they say? Listen, if your authority is not asking you to do anything illegal or immoral, submit yourself with a good attitude. Say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, knowing that one day God's going to have you in an authority position. Listen, right now you think where you're at is everything. We all do. Every, every season in our life we think, man, this is the season. If I don't accomplish this, if I don't do this, if I don't become this in life, your job is to submit to authority. God's job is to get you where you need to go in life. And if you can't submit where you're at now, I promise you, you will never get to where you want to be. How dare we allow something so small to stop God from doing something so big in our life? Here's David being chased by Saul, being treated wrongly. And this shows us that God will never, ever promote a disrespectful employee, ever. God will never promote a disrespectful servant. God will never promote a disrespectful child. I don't care how much you like the person or don't like the person. I don't care how close you are to them. Remember the story of um, Moses and Miriam. Miriam, his sister, the worship leader, she thought, well, I, I don't have to listen to Moses because Moses did something that, that, that God was cool with and Miriam didn't like it and she got all upset and God gave her leprosy and sent her out of the camp because she wouldn't submit to someone she was familiar with. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. The Bible still talks about the, the husband being head of the household and, of course, of course, submitting himself to God. Either way, it seems like we're so quick to show disrespect when we disagree. Anybody can show respect when we agree. David could have done a few things. Now, biblically, David could have quit. He could have said, you know what, God, I'm not in this no more. I'm quitting the army. I'm not going to be a, in, the, in the Israelite army. I'm not going to serve Saul anymore. I'm going to go back to the shepherd's fields. David could have done that, and it wouldn't have been a sin, but it wouldn't have been God's best and wouldn't have got him to the throne. David could have also left Israel. He could have thought, you know what, this is the king, this is the political figure in my country, and I don't agree with it, I don't like it, so I'm moving to a different, I'm going to Egypt. He could have done that, but he didn't. David could have killed Saul, which, yes, would have been wrong. Don't kill your authority. So that we learned that easy, right? That's a lesson. Some of y'all might want to take notes on that. Don't kill your authority. David could have killed Saul, but he didn't kill Saul. David stayed under that authority, not with a bad attitude, not with a disrespectful attitude, but he honored the authority God put in his life, even when that person was treating him so, so, so badly. And in 1 Samuel 26, 24, David said, 
I will not lift a finger on the Lord's anointed. Good job. How many of us today are anointed to be in a greater position of authority than we're at right now or a greater position of a promotion in our finances or in our health or in our relationship? But here's our problem. We can't submit when we disagree. That's our problem. We can't submit with a good attitude at least whenever we disagree. I've learned something, and that is this. If we cannot show honor, we will never be shown honor. You'll never be shown honor if you cannot show honor. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It doesn't matter who loves God the most. It doesn't matter who has more of God's favor. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, what title you have, or who your parents are. What matters is this. Who is the authority? Now, that authority may not be there all of your life, so you better submit while they're in your life now because one day, if they're not treating you right and they're doing all, let God deal with them. God demoted Saul when it was time to demote Saul. But there were seasons where David had to do exactly what he was told. David didn't, if Saul told him to go straight, David didn't think, well, I'm going to walk straight, but I'm going to move to the left a little bit when he's not looking. No, no, he did exactly what he was asked to do. If, in fact, if Saul said, bring back 100 Philistine proof of death, he brought back 200. He did more than what he was asked to do, knowing he was being treated wrong the entire time. If we can't show honor, we'll never be shown honor. Um, years ago, I was asked to uh, speak at a uh, revival in Bermuda. Um, Bermuda is not uh, in, the, in the southern area of, um, it's not down there in the Caribbean. Bermuda's off the coast of like Washington, D.C. It's almost like North Carolina and New York meet way out there in the ocean. It's all by itself in between here and England. Bermuda is part of England. And their culture is a little bit different than ours. One thing especially, I, I, I preached at two different churches, half the week at one church, half the week at another church each night. And um, the way their culture is, when you go to church, you dress up. I don't care how hot, cold, windy, hurricane, you dress up like you're having tea with the Queen of England when you go to church in Bermuda. However, the men, even the pastors and leaders, they wear the nicest um, suits, ties, long sleeve shirts, long jackets. They're pressed to perfection. They have creased. They're just the right amount of starch in them. And they wear shorts. I mean, it's shorts. With Imagine how well y'all could receive from me if I had shorts on today, wouldn't that be special? Woo! See, y'all be, y'all be down at the altar, wouldn't you? Anyway, so they wear, you know, the shorts they wear are nice shorts. They're dress shorts. There's a crease. They match the suit to perfection. I mean, they got jackets, long sleeves, and shorts. All the men. They, this is normal for them. Normal for them. Now, one thing they don't do is you better not wear jeans to church in Bermuda. It's very, very insulting to their culture. Now, here I was going over there, and I'm from America. I'm a pastor. They're inviting me. I'm the guest. They're paying for me to come. I should be able to do what I want to do. I should be able to wear what I want to wear, preach on what I want to preach on. If I want to wear jeans, because I'm kind of on vacation when I'm there, I want to wear jeans, I should be able to wear jeans. But that is not at all what my attitude was. I go to the pastors and I ask them, how long do you want me to preach for? They said, no, do it. I said, no, you tell me 15 to 30 minutes, 30 to 45. You give me. Give me a rough ass, just whatever you want. Then I'll say, what subjects do you want me to teach on? And they'll tell me what they want you to teach. And I'll say, now, I'm going to wear a suit. I'm going to wear pants, but it's going to be, you know, this color. They said, we're fine with that. Because they wear bright colors. They wear yellow suits and orange suits and purple suits. That's their thing. But you better not wear jeans. 
Do you know how many people have come through my life in ministry that want so bad for God to use them? And listen, they have an anointing, they have a calling on their life, and God's going to do great things in their future if they would do one simple thing, submit to authority. If I ask someone to speak for five minutes, they say, the Spirit just led me to talk for 15 minutes. You're listening to the wrong Spirit. If we ask them to you know, stand over here or play one song over here, and they think, oh, God, just put on my heart to play three songs, you're listening to the wrong God. God will never give someone a different vision than he does the leader of that place or that business or that home. Let me give you an example of how ignorant and rebellious this is. Think about me coming to your house, okay? At your house, let's say you have a rule where you don't wear shoes through the house and you don't eat in the living room on the couch. And I come to your house and say, listen, I've been praying about it. And God told me that when I come to your house... I can wear shoes all through the house, and I can eat Doritos on your couch with chocolate milk and no napkin. You would say, John Paul, you're listening to the wrong God. I'm the head of this house. I'm the leader of this house. And this is the values that we have, and this is the guidelines that we have. How rude would that be of me? What if you told your child, hey, I want you to be home by 1130, and your kid says this, I've been praying about it. And God has shown me that I should be able to come home at 12.30 instead of 11.30. You'd say, God told me the back of my hand is going to reach the back of your tail if you ever say that again. Here's why. You're the authority. You are the authority and should be respected as that authority, whether it sounds, whether what you're asking is, you may be asking something that's different than everyone else in the entire world, but you're the authority God allowed to be in that house or that business, or that job, or that area of ministry, and you got to stand firm on that. It says in Hebrews 13, 17, Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls as they are going to have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not grief. Let me tell you something. We have a, a policy here at Solid Rock where if anyone comes through those doors during the sermon... Even if you've already exited and you want to come back, I don't care where you were sitting when you were in here. When you come back to the doors, we ask our ushers to ask you to sit on the back row. Not the second to the back row, not the third to the back row, but the very back row. Do you know how many times I've been up here preaching to y'all and encouraging you and reading the Bible, and I see our ushers fighting with people right back there behind you. You don't even see what's going on. They have to carry them outside, tell them, hey, we're asking you to sit. I don't want to sit at the back. I want to sit where I want to sit. I want to sit with my friends. Or they'll say, we're sitting on the second to the last row, four feet forward, just to show they don't have to respect that authority. Okay, listen, here's what's really important. Watch this. They came to church to hear from God. That's why we're here today, right? We want to hear from God. They just heard from God and spit in His face. Because God doesn't just speak straight to you. He speaks through our authority. He speaks through the authority figures He's put in our life. Whether they're right or wrong, God can speak through every single person. Don't be so prideful to think He only speaks directly to you and nobody else. He speaks to your authority. If your authority asks you to be at work at 8.55 and everybody else shows up at 9, you better be there at 8.54. Because that's your authority. They came to church to hear from God and the usher just delivered a message from God Himself. And they rejected it. And their rebellion caused them not to receive. If you can't, if you can't submit to a nice, kind, good-looking, smart, wise, amazing pastor, usher, I'm just kidding, then how in the world 
can God use you for any type of authority in your life? Okay, let me give you something good, and we're, we're, we're getting to the end. I believe that God intentionally puts authority in our life who are annoying, who are different than us, and who sometimes don't believe the same way we do. Not to hurt you, but to humble you to see if you'll pass the test. If you pass the test where you're at, I promise, one day God will remove that authority and put you in a position of authority. But it won't happen until you pass the test. And not just on the outside, pass the test in your heart. Um, um, God used Goliath to promote David, okay? Chapter 16, David's a shepherd. Chapter 17, David's the captain of the Israelite army, the most popular guy in Israel. People are singing songs about him. God used Goliath to promote David. Everybody knows that, right? Atheists know the story of David and Goliath, right? Everybody knows David and Goliath. Here's my question. How did David meet Goliath? We read about it in the very first sermon of this series. How did David meet Goliath? Was David walking down the street one day and this huge giant's like, you know, you're such a shepherd. And David's like, what'd you say to me, boy? I'm going to beat your tail. Your mama's so dumb. And you know, what, what? how did it happen? Here's how it happened. 1 Samuel 17, 17. One day David's father said, go take your brother some bread. There was Saul's army in the Ella Valley fighting the Philistines. The same father who rejected David. The same father who wouldn't even give him a chance. The same brothers who made fun of David and tried to pick fights with him. And now he's asked to submit to the father and serve the brothers because he was the youngest. And that's how he met Goliath. Now here's my question. What if David said, I don't have to do my chores today. My dad's always saying, do this, do that. I'm stuck out here in the shepherd's fields now. He's asking me to serve my brothers. I'll get to it later. I'll do it tomorrow. I don't have to clean my room now. I don't have to do what they're asking me to do. My dad's always griping. He's never nice to me. He's never encouraging. How many Goliaths have we missed out on? Because our pride causes us to put what our authority figure asked us to do on a shelf. We'll deal with it later. Not today. We'll do it, but not right now. We'll do what they're asking, just not with the same way they're asking me to do it. I'll honor them, but they're such a jerk. How many times has our bad attitude and delayed obedience and delayed submission prevented us from finding the Goliath that God had for us? God looked down and said, I got a giant. I need somebody to slay. Who's going to be faithful? Who's going to honor their authority? Who's going to submit with a good attitude when they're being treated wrong, when they disagree, when it's not fair? I'm going to ask a hundred people, I bet God said, and let's see who does. And David, I believe with all my heart, was the only one. I believe God went to many, many, many people, and David was the only one who said, yes, sir. I got it. And he shows up and his whole life changed in 24 hours' time. 24 hours, his entire life. Now, this is sometimes difficult for us to submit to our parents or to honor them. Here's why. Because we know way more than our parents do, right? I mean, we're so much smarter than our parents. We're so much more godlier than they are. We can hear from God better than they can. We're so much more experienced. Everyone in this room, at some point in your life, you think you know more than your parents. Usually it's when you're young and when you're old. Usually when you're 50s or 60s and your parents are really, really old, you think, man, I know way more. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. What they're saying, I wonder how many times because of disrespect from our parents we've missed out on Goliath that God had for us. Um, it's so interesting. Uh, all growing up in high school, my dad was never the encourager. My dad was the instructor. My mom was the encourager. And uh, my dad would always say, be home by 12. 
be home by 12, be home by 12. And I used to think, Dad, what's the big deal? Why not 12.30? And he would say this, nothing good ever happens after 12. Do you know that 90% of the trouble I got into was after 12 o'clock? Now, I don't know if it's because really bad stuff happens after 12, or if it was because my dad jinxed me because he's my authority figure and said, be home by 12, and I wouldn't be home by 12. But for whatever reason, I always got in trouble after 12 o'clock. I don't know why. You know, I have teenagers now, and you know what I tell them? Be home by 12. Why not 12.30? I don't know, but I do know that nothing good ever happens after 12 o'clock. I heard Mark Twain say this. I love this. When I was 14, my father was so dumb I could hardly stand to be around him. But when I got to be 21, I was amazed at how much the man had learned. (laughs) Honor your elders, honor your boss, honor your parents. I'm almost done. Honor your spouse. Ephesians 5.33 says the wife should always honor and respect her husband. And it goes vice versa both ways. But I want to tell you this, ladies. Men gravitate toward where they feel respect. They gravitate toward the direction in which they feel respect. If a man, is, if it's even slightly, if there's even a slight hint of dishonor or disrespect, he will close his heart to you in a second. If you want your husband to share the most intimate details of his heart and his thought life and his feelings, you must create an atmosphere of respect and honor in your home. Your husband may not be the, the quickest man in the world, but maybe, maybe he can fix things really good. You honor him in that area. He may not be great with finances, but he works hard. Or he may not be, you know, wanting to confront situations, maybe he's a peacemaker. Whatever it is, you find the area where honor is due. The Bible says you give honor where honor is due. He may not be everything you want him to be. He may not be everything your brother is or your dad was. Don't talk about that stuff. You talk about the things that you can honor and can show respect for. One of the things that I absolutely love about Micah, the things that I love about her is this. She knows everything about me. There's only two people, I think, in the world like this, Micah and Mark. And Mark's already taken. So Micah, uh, the thing that... um, that she, she knows everything about me, all my, my flesh patterns, my shortcomings, and she still respects me and thinks my sermons are great. She can quote them all, and she thinks I'm the wisest man in the world. Don't tell her otherwise. Don't you say whatever you think. But a wife must show respect and honor if you want to keep that relationship healthy. We say so many times that we love to hear from God, and we want God to speak to us, but He uses our authority figures. One of the last points is this. God doesn't speak through perfect people. He speaks through people just like you. He doesn't speak through perfect people. He speaks through people just like you. In other words, could you receive and respect and show honor to a murderer like Moses? Could you respect and show honor to someone that was bipolar like Elijah? Up one minute, down the next. Could you show respect to someone who cussed on a regular basis, like the pastor Peter, whose very shadow was healing people because of his high level of anointing? Would you be able to show respect and honor a teenager like Timothy? Timothy was a great pastor, but he had problems. Remember in the New Testament, he was talking to Paul. Paul said, don't let anybody disrespect you for your age. You're called, you're anointed, you're in a position that God called you to be in. They must respect that position. Mark 6, 4, last scripture, Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and among his relatives and family. Verse 5 continues to say, And Jesus could not do any miracles there. 
they allowed familiarity to breed disrespect. They were so familiar with them. Jesus, that's the carpenter's son. My kid played baseball with him. He can't heal people. It's son of God. What's he talking about? No honor, no miracles. No honor, no miracles. Listen, if you need a miracle in your life today, so strongly, so strongly, I believe this is intended. I mean, it's just amazing the way God's lining up the chapters of David's life with where we're at in our, our calendar. You know, last week on dealing with the past and forgiveness. And then today, I believe that our goal for 2018 should be to develop a higher level of a culture of honor at Solid Rock. We need to honor. You may not like the person. You may disagree with them. But the position that God allowed them to be in, whether it's usher, prayer partner, worship leader, doesn't matter. Same when it comes to your house. Same when it comes to your job. We need to develop a culture of honor. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. I promise you, if you'll be quick to show respect, if you'll submit to authority with a good attitude, and if you'll show honor to those that God allowed to be over you, then I can promise you miracles will happen in your life. Amen?